0: you saved me. But what did I do? It came in complete circle. Mm -hmm. I saved a baby on my birthday.
1: Welcome to Phoenix Forged, the podcast that proves when you're forged in fire, you become strong as steel. I'm your guide, Samantha Sierra. Join me and my guests from around the world as we share our stories of triumph after trauma. Topics discussed during these conversations are hard. The stories may be difficult to hear. But they're important. They're proof that your past doesn't define your future. You do. Content warning. This episode contains a conversation about suicide and self-harm. Listener discretion is advised. It's me, Sam. Welcome back to Phoenix Forged. Today, we have a very special guest. uh, Very personal, near and dear to my heart. My mama, Marguerite. Hi, mom. Hi,
0: guys. Hi, Sam.
1: I'm Sam. So excited for this one. I'm a little nervous though. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Our trauma is a bit interweaved and inter you know, tangled up, but I think that it'll show people the power of family and getting over things and moving forward.
0: And our strength.
1: Yeah. For sure. So tell us a little bit about you.
0: Well, I'm Marguerite. Um 56 years old. I live in Virginia. I moved down here back in 93 with Samantha and her dad and other two siblings. We had another child in 94 and then moved back to New York. We broke up in 1998. And in 1999, I returned to Virginia, met a guy, had a good guy.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: And he helped me get my children and bring them back down to me. My children went back and forth through for the years. You <laughs>
1: should say that again. In,
0: <laughs> in 2003, I married him. Worst mistake of my life. Several months later, he had told me he loved me and another woman. And he had two homes, which caused me to have my first mental breakdown. I was committed in the hospital. I tried to commit suicide, got released within two days. They put me on medication, said I was bipolar and borderline schizophrenic. Later that year, after Samantha had her first child, because we had gone up to New York and brought Samantha and her now husband and her dog and her cat (laughs) down to Virginia to live with me.
1: And I was like, prego
0: yes yes (laughs) and then samantha gave birth in december with my first grandson about a week later no about two or three weeks later i had another nervous breakdown samantha's son had to have surgery and i missed it because i was in the hospital and it was i think i was released on christmas eve and Thomas was released on Christmas day.
1: Yeah, Christmas morning. That was a nice Christmas present.
0: Yeah, and then we went to granddaddy's, Mm -hmm. which was was always...
1: That was a weird Christmas. It was good though. Like, I remember being at granddaddy's and everybody just like in this tiny little like two bedroom shack and it was just so much joy and happiness and family. And it was like every single corner. And then it was like, you just. And no argument. Like, yeah, you just pretend that everything is fine. It was beautiful. I mean, everything was fine when we were at Granddaddy's. Yeah. It was beautiful. I miss the mac and cheese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Granddaddy made and some, some good. Collard mac- greens. Mm. Yes. Mm. Good old Southern With soul. With
0: the fat back in them and the. The green beans with the fat back in them. Oh, yeah. But then we moved where we were and you moved back up to New York. Yeah. Yes. Y'all moved back up to New York when Thomas was a year old. It was at, right after Thomas's first birthday because yeah. he wanted the cake and the cupcakes and the little baby <laughs> cake and whatever he wanted, he got.
1: Meemaw got it. Paul, Paul, remember?
0: Yeah. He said, "If yeah. you want to get it, so
1: he was always good to us. It was this yeah. weird dynamic because it was yeah a lot of love and you know support for us and for the grandkids, but um, definitely not for you,
0: not for me at all. Mm-hmm. Because then when you moved up." And then, of course, I went back up and got you again, you and Tommy and Thomas. And we came back down. And that's when we moved to that big house. And that was the worst attempt that I had. He had belittled me and cheated on me. And I came, that's when I came out and told you to take the car to go to work.
1: Yeah, I remember that day. It was, I was like getting ready for work. I was upstairs. And you so you had never let me take the keys to work. Because it was at that time, it was me, my sister, my stepbrother, my son, Tommy, all of us uh, lived with you guys. You always wanted to be able to have that card just in case because Because
0: nobody else was home with the car at nighttime.
1: Right. So I'm like getting ready. I'm doing my hair and you come in and you're like, here, take the keys. You can just drive to work tonight. And I was like, all right, whatever. And I like just put the keys on the dresser and I was like, I'm just gonna, it's fine. I remember finishing doing what I was doing. I grabbed the keys and like started just mindlessly going down the stairs. And I was about to walk out the door and it hit me like, Timeout. But I also
0: <laughs> told you to have Coco watch the boys.
1: Yeah. And I was like, Hmm. So it was like, things just weren't adding up. And I literally remember pausing at the door, like getting ready to walk out the door to go to work.
0: And I was like, hmm. and I'm, I'm pretty sure I said, I don't feel well.
1: That's actually a code word for me now too. Yeah. And
0: If you don't feel good, then you don't feel good physically. Well is mentally.
1: Yeah. And I remember pausing and and turning around and you were like standing. There was like the, the living room, but then there was like a dining room and then there was that wall that was there. And I just remember you like leaning against the wall. And I was like, why are you letting me take the keys? Why are you letting me, you know, drive to work today? And you were like, no, I I just don't want to go. I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to go like you never let me take the keys you never and it took a little while to like get it out of you but that's when you had said that like you were like i took pills and i was like well how many all of what
0: <laughs> and you and, picked up my bottles that i had just filled what the day before
1: yeah yeah and i like Yeah. And I remember like when it first, when it first, when you first said what you did, when you first said that you had taken all the pills, I was like, okay, like this can't be that serious. So my first call was to Tommy and I was like, what do I do? And he's like, hang up with me and call 911 right now. I'm like, do you think I really need to? Do you think I could just, should just take her? And he's like, no, call 911 right now. And that conversation, yeah, that didn't had, work out well. Yeah, that conversation I had with Tommy, super brief. In that time, you went into your bathroom and locked yourself in.
0: <laughs> I don't remember that. I remember yeah. I cut.
1: Yeah, and you, you said, were...
0: "Did you cut?" And I said, "Don't worry about it."
1: Yeah, you went. And locked
0: I'm yourself not in telling.
1: <laughs> yeah, you were. You were very petulant. Very petulant. <laughs> I was like. What the heck, mom? Like, come on! You, we, you need to go, and you're like, nope, I'm not going. And you like barricade yourself in the bathroom, but I'm like, bang, like, pound, pinging, pounding on the door. The EMS show up, and I'm like, I can't get out of the bathroom. Yeah, I don't I'm-.
0: remember being in the bathroom.
1: Oh, you were in there for a while. Finally, yeah. when the EMS got there, they like lured you out, and the only thing you wanted was to smoke a smoke with
0: a cigarette.
1: <laughs> yep. I said only way you went.
0: I said, I'm, I remember saying, I'm not going. You're not taking me back to the crazy house.
1: <laughs> they did.
0: And I said, I just want a cigarette. We got your cigarettes out here. No, you mm-hmm. don't. Not stupid.
1: Yeah.
0: And then Tommy said that I was crazy because he was in the ambulance with me.
1: Yeah. Because he was working, but he wasn't far that day. So when I called him, he immediately dropped everything and and came back to the house. And yeah, he took the ride with you. And then I rode up
0: No, but you wanted to ride in the ambulance, but Tommy did.
1: Yeah, Tommy said that it was probably a better idea for him to ride in the ambulance. At that point, everything was super chaotic, right? Because you're now fighting with the EMTs, because you don't want to get in the ambulance.
0: While my ex is sitting across the street watching it all.
1: Yeah. And then, obviously, you know, my sister's upset. My stepbrother's upset. Thomas is crying. There's all of this, like, chaos happening at the house. Tommy's like, you know what? I'm just going to go. And I'll go with mom. You take care of stuff here. I'll make sure she's safe. And I remember I got everything calmed down. You know, everything was okay at home for you know as, as okay as it was gonna get and I remember driving to the hospital I remember the doctor saying that I couldn't see you because at that point you were already in ICU they had already intubated and all that stuff so they were like we you can't see her tonight you can come back tomorrow but you should be proud of yourself I just remember it being so strange for the doctor to be like, oh, you should be proud of yourself for calling 911 on your mom. No, that was weird. Wasn't. uh... Yeah, but
0: if you didn't, I wouldn't be here now.
1: Yeah, you definitely wouldn't. By that point, you were already in ICU. It just, it just stood out to me for some reason. And then I remember coming and visiting you in the ICU. And I don't even remember how long you were there. But I, I just remember like wondering if you were going to wake up again. Wondering if like everything was going to be reversible. Wondering if you were going to be able to function. Because at that point like going and seeing you was like you were you were in a coma. Right? You had the, the tube and... And all this stuff. And I just remember like being terrified uh, that you weren't going to wake up. And the doctor's like, no, she's sedated. We have her calm down so that her body can whatever. And I just remembered. so you're pumping more medication into her after she just took all of this medication. Like what are going to be the side effects? What are going to, what's going to be the long-term effects of these things? But I just sat there and all the emotions.
0: But I'm here, crazier than ever. (laughs) But I'm crazy, not mentally ill.
1: There's a big difference.
0: But I remember you, after I got out of the ICU, they had sent me to the rehab for a couple of days. Mm. And when I woke up, I remember eating a turkey sandwich. I woke up and had food in my mouth. And I didn't know where I was, didn't know where the sandwich was from. And then a nurse came in and I said, well, how long have I been here? And she said, two days. So after being sedated and being in ICU for two days, I was still out for another two days, Mm -hmm. just sleeping. She said, you would just sleep. I guess I had to sleep all the medication off. Mm -hmm. And if I was awake, I don't remember like, I don't remember where that turkey sandwich came from, <laughs> It's strange. but then I remember that they had me committed into the hospital mm-hmm. and I was not happy about that at all, mm-hmm. at all. They had me in there with people who just could not function. Mm-hmm. And I remember when you came up, you had Brought my phone. It was like one of the first picture phones. It was a Nokia, (laughs) my (laughs) little pink phone. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's how old I am. (laughs) And I remember you said, I need you to look at this picture because the doctor made me take it so you can see what you did to us Mm -hmm. and how you made me feel. And when I looked at the picture, I was looking at me, but dead I Had tubes up my nose, down my throat. You could see like the IV tube.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I just remember I sat there and cried with you Yeah, and held you. And then the nurse came in and said, you can't use your cell phone.
1: Yeah, And
0: she was trying to take it. And I was like, that's not what I'm doing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, but I remember staying there for about a month, right about like 30 days, I think it was, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or it might have even been a little longer. It was either four or five weeks. But I remember you told me that my ex had never even came up to the hospital to see how I was or anything. And you said he called, but that was it. He would call the hospital and find out what was going on. But he had no, it was all a control thing with him. And then when I had gotten out, I had gotten involved with somebody else. And when he found out, he came back crying and me
1: being under
0: his thumb, being under his thumb and being controlled, I felt bad and I took him back and it, it was the verbal abuse, the emotional abuse, the mental abuse, the physical abuse. My jaw is pushed to the right side of my face, so it's off. I think that was from taking hits to my jaw. I had a bone like protruding out my eye. Yeah, in a car accident in two thousand three, and he would always call me a sparred up face ugly bitch because he knew that it bothered me, mm-hmm. but now. My scars don't make me ugly. They make me the person I am today because I survived. Mm -hmm. I survived. You know, I was a cutter for years. I stopped cutting when you were pregnant with Devin and I Mm -hmm. haven't done anything in almost 17 years. Well, 17 years Yeah. because it was before Devin was born, which I think is pretty good. You know, I cut on my arm once, you know, but, my thing was my legs. Same. So. I never wanted people to see. Right. I wasn't doing it for attention. Mm-hmm. And I remember going with you when you had your breakdown that day and going to the hospital. And the police sat there by the door.
1: They never found it either. They let me go home. Huh? <laughs> they didn't find where I cut, So they let me go home that day. Right. Yeah. Because again, and like, I told
0: them that like, I would watch over you. Yep. I wasn't the one who called nine one one, because I was trying to defuse the situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it, it it was it was a stressful time.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know, I felt like I was doing the best I could for y'all, but and then I feel like I fail at times. But I can't I can't dwell on it anymore. I think. You know, uh, I can't let things. I can't let things get to me anymore because that's not going to help with my growth. I think
1: that, I mean, you had a lot of stuff that happened even way, way, way before in your, in your early, you know, developmental years. That is a whole other story. Like Maybe
0: four or five. Right. Right. And I'm just not ready to.
1: Yeah. But all that kind of stuff, like looking back at it, is it is it easy to say, Oh, well, you know, mom wasn't there or mom did this or mom did that? How does that help anybody? How does that? Right? Like, at some point, at some point, you have to realize that you're human. And you did the best that you could under your circumstances.
0: And yeah, because if I would have stayed in New York, God only knows what would have happened. Because yeah. my drinking was so bad.
1: My drinking,
0: yeah. my partying, being promiscuous. You know, I was with your dad from the time I was 16 to what, 31, 15 years? Mm-hmm. The only man I was ever with.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. I think. <laughs> damn cows.
0: <laughs> it's a whole family of them, the babies and everything. Oh, It was cute.
1: Yeah, it's cute. I think that, I think that, you know, when you when you moved, it was definitely difficult because, like, that was the time where I was, like, what, 12, 13 years old? Right? 13. There. You
0: were just turned third. You were like 13 and a half. Because I came up to your school for your 13th birthday, remember? And I brought you the flowers and flowers, carnations, and hid in the nurse's office. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And he called you down and you were like, what what What
1: did I I get? I I
0: don't get. Yeah, because you never got in trouble.
1: Yeah. I was never in trouble to get a call down to the office. I was like, did my brother do something? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> did my brother get hurt because it was the nurse's office too but you yeah. used to help the nurse
1: mm-hmm. yeah i helped everybody i was definitely like one of those goody two shoes always but i mean i guess that's just the person i i've always been my entire life
0: <laughs> but you were also very protective of your younger siblings oh yeah <laughs> And it didn't matter which one, because you were the oldest. Mm-hmm.
1: Take pride in that. That's one thing that you and dad instilled in me was like always be a good role model and make sure that you give them something to look up to. And I really took pride in that. And it's... don't let
0: anybody pick on them or mm-hmm. bully them.
1: Yeah. Only me. I was the only person who was allowed to do that. <laughs>
0: And then I would tell y'all to go outside and fight, right? And what <laughs> would happen? You'd each go into separate rooms and be like,
1: "No, oh, like- it's crazy."
0: <laughs> Talking through the the bedrooms.
1: Oh gosh! Remember when we had that one bedroom where like the wall was built, but there was like just a small little uh, top, like a small little space on the very top of the wall, and we used to pass things back and forth so we used to pass notes when we got in trouble for talking when we were punished
0: (laughs) yeah because that's when we moved back to new york and grandma and grandpa Mm -hmm. moved into the other apartment and me and your dad had the bedroom in the front yep and we your dad took one bedroom and divided it and made like a captain's bed for daniel yep and then chris's Crib sit in that little cubby hole. Yep. And then you and your sister had the bunk beds on the other side of the wall. Yep. And it was pink and blue. Yep. And then when we got the other side of the house and we took the wall down, mine in your dad's room was pink and blue for a while.
1: <laughs> pink, blue, and then just a stripe of white. <laughs> white. <laughs> Where the wall was. <laughs>
0: But we did what we had to do to make sure that y'all had your separate spaces. Mm -hmm. You know, y'all weren't in one room. Well, you were technically in one room, but you had your own sleeping spaces. Y'all weren't sleeping like side by side with the boys.
1: When you were uh, in the hospital afterwards, you spent like a little over a month there. What were some of the memories that you had from in there?
0: The little old Chinese lady singing and dancing. And you would, oh God, come on, get louder, do it again, dance for me, pretty. And the one man would be screaming, shut up. And you would just say, more. (laughs) I've always been a hype person. And the guy with the socks, remember the guy with the socks? God. Guy with the Do you socks, remember man. that? It's one of these old Somebody's stealing my socks. One sock is missing. Okay, dude, look in the dryer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then he would come after he And found then the you sock. had
0: the other guy that would sit at the table and talk to himself and yell. He'd be the yeah. little old Chinese lady go up and say, Hurry up and eat. Because we <laughs> want, we had groups and stuff that we had to go. And the groups helped. They really did. But then, oh, God, I guess 2016, 17, I went back to get medication because they put me on tons of medication. Mm -hmm. And I went to the one mental health services and they said that I had to do groups. 12 weeks of groups and I'd be able to get my medication. So we were in there and I did my groups, 12 weeks, maybe missed one, but I made it up because you can make them up as long as you do 12. The last day at my graduation from group, I was like graduation from group, you know, but I remember the psychologist coming up to me and he said, Marguerite, you're misdiagnosed you need to come and see me because I specialize in PTSD. Mm -hmm. He said, you are not borderline personalities. You are not bipolar. He said, yours is more PTSD because I could see in you while other people were talking about their traumas, how it would, you would, you know, be defensive and, you know, he said I would tense up. So I I did what he said. And he said, you know, I can get off my medications that way. And I was already with my late boyfriend, big. And he kept telling me too, I don't think you're being, I don't think your medication's right for you. You know, yeah. you don't need to be on all this medication. And I would wake him up crying and screaming because i would have reoccurring nightmares that i had for like 40 years Mm -hmm. but they're gone now so the counseling i think i did like two or three times a week it was intense Mm -hmm. and i went for like three or four months but he told me if i put everything down that had happened to me in my past with everything wrote it down put it up take it out a week later and read it try to remember your smells what you were eating music scenery everything and my memory sucks but i was able to go back to that i never thought that you can do things like that you know mm-hmm. and i was able to i brought myself back to that time back in the seventies. And I wrote everything down and he said, okay, so next time you come in, you're going to bring your book that you wrote everything in your journal. You're going to read it to me out loud. Mm. That was hard.
1: Yeah. I read it now you and judgment. I cried. Right. But now you're all, and also then he
0: told to me, yes. And that's what he said. You get it out. He gives you a couple of days. So you're not doing it all in one day because that's a lot to handle. Yeah. You know, so I think your sister's in there. (laughs) But he said, now you can take it because now it's out and you threw it away. It is in the book. It's out of you. If you want to take that book and throw it in the garbage, throw it in the garbage. You want to burn it, burn it. But you won't have those nightmares anymore. Now, I'm off my medications. Well, I take one because I have high anxiety from losing Big who was He was my great. strength. He was my partner. You know, yeah. he was he was my person. Yeah. And we didn't, you know, it wasn't you do this and you do that. It was we did this and we did that and we worked as a functioning couple, you know. We yeah. actually spoke to each other. If he had a friend that was a girl, she would come over. There was no jealousy. Mm-hmm. To this day, I'm still very good friends with his friend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, but there, there was no jealousy. There was no arguments. If I would disagree with him, he would say, Marge, stop it right there. We're not going to do this. And that's what we would do. That's how we would diffuse the situation. But I remember... The year after he passed, and the boys came to stay with me.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I remember me and Thomas sitting in my dining room, and he said, I was so looking forward to spending the summer with him. You know, he said, It's sad, Mima. You know, I'm so sorry. I know. He said, and I could see the way he loved you. He said, because you would be talking, and he would look at you and be smiling. He yeah. said, and this is from the mouth of babes, because he was, <laughs> what, 16 maybe at the time? Yeah. And I remember him saying, and he would talk to you and not change his voice, hmm. which means he didn't change his tone. He just spoke to me. He didn't yeah. get loud with me, you know, and, and he you was just down like, to you, I you am below so sorry. you. No, I mean, he was uh, so excited for you to get married, you Mm -hmm. know, he wanted, he wanted to dance with you. Mm -hmm. But I re I remember being in our bedroom and I, I don't know, I was cleaning all the time and he would tell me, Marge, there's nothing else to clean. (laughs) And I had the music on. Yeah. He'd go to work, work eight hours and I'd still be on the floor scrubbing, you know, he's like, the house is clean. (laughs) <laughs> but I remember I was in the bedroom Listening to music It was like slow music You know mm-hmm. I don't remember what song And I said are you going to dance with me And he said I'll dance with you, Ma. And he got up And he slow danced with me You know it's, it's The little things in life You don't need diamonds You don't need gold You need love You need someone who will listen to you He had had two strokes, but the second stroke, he wasn't home. You know, he had the stroke at home, but then went immediately to the hospital. But the first stroke, not only did he have a stroke, but he had the bulging disc in his back. And I was working and I would come home and take care of him and cook dinner, do laundry. And I remember him saying, come on, Marge, come sit on the bed. Tell me about your day. Mm-hmm. You know, at dinner time, we would sit at the table, no phone. You can ask the boys. I don't. No phones yep. at the table.
1: No electronics at the table.
0: Yeah, Devin is hard with that, and Thomas would get on him and say, "Mama said no phones." You mm-hmm. know, and we would sit and have a conversation at dinner. We would eat our dinner and have a conversation. He'd go in the room and lay down, get ready for bed. And I would do the dishes and put everything away because he always said, you know, I blew the kitchen up when I cooked because I used every pot and pan. (laughs) But I cleaned up and had everything away before we woke up in the morning. Mm -hmm. And we would lay down and we would watch the news or TMZ. He loved TMZ. (laughs) And then he'd say, okay, yeah, right. Yeah. And he would he would say, Okay, shut the TV off. So we'd shut the TV off and lay there and just talk for like an hour before we went to sleep. That's what we did. You know, yeah. we would just talk about everything and his he would tell me all about his history and you know, his family's history. He was just very intriguing. He
1: was. He told amazing stories.
0: But they were all true stories. Yeah. And his stories were like historical stories, mm-hmm. you know, even though he wasn't feeling well. And when you hurt your back, call Samantha, see, let's let video Samantha, make sure she's doing okay. Even though he wasn't feeling well, he was worried about you. You know, and I remember you telling him, come on babe, you gotta hurry up and get better so you can dance at my wedding. And he said, mm-hmm. I'll dance at your wedding. Yeah. You he. Know?
1: He definitely—he was the person you deserved, hands down. It was sad that it took that long for somebody to come into your life and for you to be able. What's even sadder is, and then for it to be cut short,
0: right? But we could have had it years prior because we knew each other for like fifteen years before anything ever. No,
1: you weren't ready for that kind of. But then I
0: let go, right? I didn't think I deserved it is what it was. Mm -hmm. And the love he showed me was just, he wouldn't let anybody talk down to me and he would tell me, do not let people speak down on you. Mm -hmm. You know, don't let anybody push you around, stand up for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then he had that second stroke and then I missed two days in the hospital because I had gotten sick and that was right in the beginning of COVID.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: oh, he would have had a ball with COVID with his <laughs> oh, conspiracy, conspiracy theories. theories. <laughs> oh wow.
1: Oh man, I can hear him now.
0: <laughs> oh god. So I was ready. showing your sister's boyfriend his like YouTube stuff that he would that he <laughs> would download, you know, his yeah. subscriptions. And he was like, wow, he was really into conspiracies. I was like, yeah. Yeah, he was. But he left us with a conspiracy, you know. Yeah. But when I brought him to the hospital, he had, he wasn't speaking. He was just saying letters. Mm -hmm. And they were getting ready to intubate him because they had to do a MRI, I think, a complete MRI and CT scan. Mm -hmm. But it was going to take four hours. Mm -hmm. And they gave him some Ativan, but it wasn't calming him down. So they intubated him and that was it. But before they intubated him, I was sitting there with him and he said, I see you. And I looked and I said, well, I see you too. Acted like nothing. Mm-hmm. And he said, I love you. And I said, I love you too. You know, with the, the first stroke was a massive stroke that was on the right side of his brain that affected the left. Mm-hmm. and then the second one was on the left that affected the right side. Mm-hmm. but it all stemmed from an infection in the tooth, you yeah. know but he left us with you know him doing that. I had my heart after he had passed, and the hospital had given his sister his heartbeat one of his heartbeats mm-hmm. and i had that tattooed on my back with the words that say i love you mm-hmm. that's the way he said it and that's the way i wanted it you know mm-hmm. it was the laughing you know we would laugh for hours oh yeah and when he had a belly laugh he had <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> But the night before the morning, it was like two in the morning before he had the second stroke. We had woken up and I had my friend staying with us for a little while and her daughter. And we woke up and just started laughing. She thought we were crying at first. And then she heard us belly laughing and telling each other to stop. So I have that. I have that last laugh. Mm -hmm. And... With the back, he would sleep on the floor for because it was more comfortable for him. Mm-hmm. And he would say, "Marge, I'll be home soon. I'm on vacation." And I'd say, <laughs> "Yeah, we just got West Virginia bunk beds." <laughs> He'd say, "Come down and visit sometimes, <laughs> Marge." I'll be. He would scream on the top of his lungs for me to stop beating him. My poor friend's daughter Thought I was actually beating him She was like oh my god And me and my friends were in my Kitchen you know cooking And help me she's Beating me somebody Call the police my daughter Comes running and Of course my friend looked at me And she's like what's his problem I was like He's a jokester <laughs> You know and she Was like oh my god I thought you were really Beating him I was like yeah I'm gonna beat a handicapped man yeah you know but i took i took care of him i bathed him i fed him i did everything for him did his hair because mm-hmm. he had he had to have that hair you know yep. he loved his hair he was good but he would tell me i would tell him i love you and he would say i love skittles nod <laughs> you know they're a sweet treat they're fruity like the rainbow
1: Always you know it,
0: it's it It was it's sad that I lost him, but I have the memories, and I have the happy times, and mm. it's here, and it's here, he's in me, yeah, you know, and I have his beautiful heart that I had blown, oh I you think know yeah, with his with him in it,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. but. Like I said, he left us with a conspiracy because mm-hmm. he was in room 1037 and he passed away at 1037.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Him and his That's conspiracy. Big. That's yeah. big for ya. Yeah. And his friend is going to fix up his Holly Davison and put mm-hmm. it in tribute to him.
1: That's nice. So,
0: yeah, he found the color. That was a candy blue. He said, What about this color? I said, That's crazy. That's what he wanted to do it candy blue. That's what he always said candy blue. Yeah. Everything had to be blue. Everything was blue, was big. Yeah. I think he had blue blood, too.
1: <laughs> Probably. I remember um, when he passed, it hit you really, really hard because. It felt like for the first time, like maybe ever, that you were genuinely just happy. So when you lost him, did those old, scary thoughts ever come back?
0: Yes, but no, not to where I want to hurt myself or kill myself. I just felt like I was going to have another nervous breakdown. And I, I didn't want to be alone. I didn't... It wasn't even being alone It was I didn't want to be without him Being by myself and not being In a relationship I'm good with it I'm happy You know mm-hmm. um, Don't think I'm ready Because I don't think Anybody can meet his expectations You know yeah. The things he bought me Were things You know my valentine's gift mm-hmm. You know what my valentine's Gift was
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My step stole. and you're uh, not way getting more
1: than it. A <laughs> 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 the coolest step ever. Yeah. He always thought but about he... you. In, like, his gifts were thoughtful. They were things that you needed. They were things that would help you with everyday things. They were things that, you know, thought was put into it. It wasn't. Yeah, just, because uh, we had what. you whatever
0: but what do we have like 15 foot ceilings in that apartment? And I would get a chair and then milk crates just to change (laughs) a light bulb or to get up on top of my cabinet, you know, and he didn't even, he wasn't big on holidays and birthdays, but it was always, he would always get me something and not realize, you know? Yeah. And I said, Oh, you bought me a a step stool for Valentine's Day. He said, that's not your Valentine's Day present. I said, it's Valentine's Day. (laughs) I said, this is the best gift ever. He said, well, I don't want to see you break your neck, you know. (laughs) And then because we didn't have a washer and dryer and I would go to work and come home and go to the laundromat and spend like an hour and a half, two hours at the laundromat. He didn't really like going. He'd go with me once in a while, but he hated it. So he went and bought me a washer and dryer right around Christmas time. And he said, I bought this because we could spend more time together. Mm -hmm. And I can help this way you're home. Mm -hmm. You know, he just liked watching TV together or, you know, he would watch his shows and I would go in the living room and watch mine and I would say, okay, I need my moment. <laughs> I need my, my time. You yeah. can have your time. Let me have my time, my rewind time. Mm-hmm. And he would call me and I'd say, okay. And he'd say, I know, give me a minute. Give me a minute. <laughs>
1: yeah. But- like introvert's <laughs> dream.
0: But, you know, it was the little things like that because he wanted to spend time with me and wanted to be around me. You know, he bought me a washer and dryer. Yeah, it was the little things that he did. He wanted to spend the time with me. So he bought the washer and dryer. And then he said, well, I don't have anything for Christmas for you. You just bought me a washer and dryer. You just gave me time. One year, my car broke down. Yeah. Yeah. My car had broken down, he had just got a job, his boss was selling a car, so he would give his boss $200 a week and bought me a car. Gave it to me the day before my birthday. On my birthday, he said, I don't have a birthday present for you. I said, you just bought me a car, you know, and it wasn't anything he ever bought, even if it was for the house and for us, it wasn't ours. It's yours, Marge. It's yours. But he he would do those little things. It, it was the little things. You know, yeah. he'd go to the store and buy me a candy bar that I like, you know, or pick me up a pack of cigarettes. And then he'd pick me up the more expensive ones that I like, mm-hmm. you know, because I like them. He got them. Yeah. You know, he knew he would go in, get if we were going somewhere, he'd go in, get himself a Mountain Dew and get me a Diet Coke or a Diet Dr. Pepper. He knew, you mm. know, he saw you. It, it was the little things. Yeah. He'd go to McDonald's and say, I know, no mustard on your cheeseburgers. Cause you know, do they put mustard on hamburgers?
1: Yeah. That's weird.
0: And it's yellow mustard. And they even put yellow mustard on hot dogs. Un American. Un American.
1: <laughs> I think it's Grand a New York. Spicy New York mustard, New York. mustard
0: with horseradish. Yeah. Yep. Got with it. the horseradish. Oh, taking it up a notch. But after, after losing him, you know, it, it was hard. I still, I still yearn for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I still grieve for him. I still miss it. I miss him like immensely. He he would ask me, you know, why why didn't you just leave the situation? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. He couldn't understand how women could not just leave a situation. You know, it's easy.
1: You don't recognize that you're in those situations. It's so much easier to. And see then it. when
0: you recognize, but the thing is, you come out. I came out stronger, and um. I think I'm more outspoken and, you know, opens up a little more. I don't let people talk to me any kind of way anymore. But um, I just, the past is the past and that's where it stays. You know, in that book that got thrown away, that's where all the bad is. All the bad from everything. Mm -hmm. The car wreck, you know. And then look, we went to look at when you crazy. came down, came back down, yeah. And we went to go get that that
1: part uh, from the window for uh, Tommy's car, yeah, from the Salvation Yard.
0: And you were just walking through the junkyard, mm-hmm. and that was what two, three years later, and my blood was still in the car, and the top was off the car cut off, so yeah. It was crazy. Me and your stepmom
1: were very lucky. It was crazy to see the car after. It definitely was. But we
0: survived. Yeah.
1: The cat. <laughs> you got cats, got cows, got a whole ass farm going on over there.
0: Yeah, well the cows are part of the farm. <laughs> and the dog will look at the cows like, nom, nom. She wants to eat them. The cat goes in the field with them. The dog tries to, but yeah. I I don't know.
1: Bunch of weirdos.
0: Animals in our family. Unexplainable. No. It's a sister's cat, so.
1: Why are the cows so loud right now? What the hell?
0: I don't know. I think they're going back. They're leaving the field up here where the water and everything is
1: oh, so they're like
0: and Come now they are going
1: it's time to go
0: yeah there's a bunch of babies out there and the cat's sitting there looking like hmm maybe they give maybe there's one out there giving birth i don't know <laughs> maybe there's cows there's bulls there's a steer Really? There's a real pretty gray bow. I've never, I mean, a gray cow. I've never seen a gray cow. Huh. That's interesting. Not like a dirty gray. This is like gray gray. You know? (gasps) Like
1: a heather gray?
0: Yeah. It's pretty. Uh, Shush up, guys. (laughs) But you know, I've learned I'm not going to be a victim anymore to any man. Mm. You know, I, Thanks, I Mama. stand up for myself. Because <laughs> what we do, we rose from the
1: from the ashes. We
0: rose, yes. Forging fire, and what's that, is you. What is that song? that bloom super bloom. Uh, do you know they play that at my job all the time they play that video really uh, yes i love that But like a little thing just like mama
1: made you no one needs to save you na-na, na-na, na-na. <laughs> i love that song that's like legit my theme song now
0: I will survive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's but you take the little things now. you know, like I'll be driving and I see the flowers on the side of the road. you know And it's like, oh, look how beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, it took a while. Because everything was very grim and dark after he had passed. You know, I didn't see the beauty in anything. I stayed in my bed. My friend turned around and said, okay, that's enough. You're going to get a job. Well, because I had to quit my job because after him passing, my job was shut up with five bullets. So I was not working in an environment like that like i hadn't gone through enough trauma that was what a week two weeks later yeah you know i think it was right after we came to new york yeah yeah it was some and it was when i wanted it wasn't much
1: go. longer after
0: yeah it wasn't much it was before christmas yeah <laughs> because i wasn't working for christmas Cow, you're gonna what make you a, a
1: lot of edits,
0: bro. Shut up. <laughs> well, it's it's the background, it's atmosphere,
1: the <laughs> ambiance.
0: <laughs> I think he's thirsty. I don't know what he's doing. Oh, the baby's following him. Hmm. Her, I guess. <laughs> It's the ones on the other field, though. I don't know.
1: So you find joy in all the little things now.
0: Yeah, I do. I really do. I mean, sitting out here, it's like the my little buddies, the my little friends. I watch my cows and the birds, the pretty birds. You know, it's. The little things. It's the flowers. It's the sun setting, the sun rising. You know, because sometimes I get home from work and the sun's rising. So, mm-hmm. but like the all the birds, I tried to get them. There was a bunch of flock of birds. As long as it's not seagulls, I'm okay.
1: <laughs> you and seagulls you know, are terrible.
0: They attack me. They <laughs> find me. They do. <laughs> they really do. And then my granddaughter found the biggest one last year. Remember? Mimi, we go see big bird. No, let's go look at the pigeons. <laughs> let's go play on the beach. Yeah. I'm running towards it. That's what they do. The Birds are just in sync.
1: So after big past, you obviously went through a lot of grief. How did you start to get over the his passing?
0: Um, I don't think I'm actually over it because I'm still angry mm-hmm. that he's not here. But I went, I did a little, I did a couple of grief counseling sessions, but I made the counselor cry. <laughs> How do you make a grief counselor cry?
1: Because you went through a lot of trauma in your life and then you finally found something good and you finally had something good and then gone.
0: But she helped me a little bit, you know, but it was still hard. It was very hard. And then from that, they wanted to put me back on antidepressants and everything else. And, you know, I worked so hard to get off of them, Mm -hmm. but I'm on, And anti-anxiety medication right now, Mm -hmm. because I'm always going through something. (laughs) Yeah, but my anxiety and panic attacks are pretty bad, you know. So I take a not too high of a dose, but it's enough where I'm not having my panic attacks now. So it's a good thing. Got it right.
1: You still go to counseling and all that stuff still?
0: Nope. No, I just, I'm good. You know, I, I just try to do it myself. I don't, I talk to my doctor, my doctor, mm-hmm. and if she thought I would need a counselor, she would right. suggest one, you know. But she said, I could probably take it for a little while until I feel like I don't need it, and then she'll wean me off.
1: And then you have people, you have your people, you have your friends, you have so many. Yeah,
0: I lost another one. So she's not speaking to me, which happens all the time. So, (laughs) but I do have my people, people, you know, I have your aunt that I've been friends with for 50 years. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been talking the last two days. And uh, then I have your stepmom mm-hmm. and my other friend, you know, and a very good friend at work. But I keep, I keep my people small. Like I have mm-hmm. a, a lot of friends, but I don't, I don't deal with everybody. Like I'm not going to go hang out with all of them. Mm-hmm. And I have another good friend at work too. She's from Long Island. So Really? Yes. She's from <laughs> Suffolk County. <laughs> Small world. Right. But you want to hear the crazier thing? Well. Her and I started at the same time. We were in orientation together. Universe. The universe. Yep. And she she goes through some things and I go through some things. She drove forty five minutes the other day to come and take me to work.
1: That's because people- my car's broke down that's our people people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's important. It's so important to find people who are going to support you and just be there.
0: Good times, bad times. And the thing is, she's going through her own thing. Her daughter just had surgery, you know, and I was like, I'll find a way you're, she said, "No, I'll come get you. Yeah. You know,
1: people who go through her and I, we are more willing to help.
0: Right. Like I had a meeting with one of me and Another lead at work, we bump heads, but we had a meeting yesterday and we broke through and I said, I don't mean to get, you know, and he's like, stop pointing, my boss. I can't help it. It's the way I talk. So I sat on my hands. But at the end of the meeting, I said, can you please stand up and give me a hug? You know, I didn't know how she felt. I said, if you don't tell me things, I can't change. I don't know what bothers you. Don't mm-hmm. ignore me when I'm speaking to you. Don't walk away. But at the end, we got up and I said, can you please get up and give me a hug? I am so sorry. I didn't know she was going through her own trauma. And mm-hmm. that came out. You know, and I told her, I'll be there. I said, I know what you're going through. I And I told her, you know, do you know after everything? Because like I said, my car's broke down. It, we had a very bad storm down here last night, like extremely bad. And you know the way the roads are down here, no street light. Mm-hmm. Do you know she took me home last night? Wow. I put gas in her car and I said, I'm glad we got everything out in the open. Mm-hmm. I said, but you need to tell me things instead of ignoring me and huffing at me. Yeah. Communication. <sighs> Communication is golden key. And now my boss is warning everybody when he hires them. He said, Marguerite's a little rough around the edges, but she's really a nice, sweet person. It's (laughs) just the way she talks.
1: (laughs) You're a New Yorker by heart.
0: And what I was trying to explain to them is when I get a thought in my head, even if somebody's talking, I have to get it out because I forget it. Mm -hmm. I'm not meaning to be rude or disrespectful. I said, I was in a severe car wreck, you know? So sometimes things, when they come, they'll just go away. He said, well, write them down. I'll get you a notebook. And then you can discuss it at a later time. Okay. You know, like they kept getting mad at me. I said, I can't help it. You Mm -hmm. know, I went through a window in a car. (laughs) (laughs) I watched my best friend get cut out of it. i Got beat. I've had, you know, numerous things done to me and I can't help it. I have ADHD, I guess. It is what it is. But I function and I do my job. Yeah. Everything gets down for a while, but I'll come back from the ashes again. Always. You know, like your sister told me, she wants me to be the way I was strong and have my own and be proud of everything setback is the setback yeah eventually they're loud maybe they're hungry maybe Maybe. they want like maybe they want some oats and corn (laughs) you used to feed the cows when we lived upstate new york did i you'd get the rake and pull out the hay and then you'd go and you'd get the corn and put it on top you were only god like 11 months old but (laughs) You love doing it, you, yeah. You, I'd have to carry you, and I'd hold your hand. We, I remember
1: little frogs catching little frogs.
0: Uncle Daryl, Uncle Daryl with the bullfrogs. He he hated them. Remember?
1: No, I just remember catching little frogs. I think he it hated. was
0: you, or it could have been Daniel that said, "Look, Uncle Daryl, the bullfrog," and he was just like he was terrified <laughs> of them
1: before. We and I have three questions that I plan on asking all of the guests.
0: Okay. Number
1: one, if you had a time machine and could go back in time and change your past, would you do it?
0: The 13 years from 99 to what was it, 2012? I would change all that. That would be what I would change.
1: If you could go back in time and give yourself advice or some wisdom, what would you say?
0: Not to let anybody take your worth. To know my worth and not let anybody take it and put me down. Know who I am and stand up for myself.
1: And final question. What is present you doing that future you will be proud of?
0: I don't know. I'm I'm proud of everything that I survive every day. You know, whatever life throws at me, I find a way to figure it out. But once I get... My own place. I'll be very proud of myself and get my car, and you know, and hopefully be able to get a promotion at work.
1: You will. You're on track.
0: I wasn't at my job long before I became a shift lead. You know, so
1: yeah, you'll get that in
0: two or three weeks. Well, right now I can't because my attendance, which is because of the car. So yeah, you'll get there. But they're going. Yeah, they're gonna help me with. You know, finding a place and stuff like that. I work for a good company with That's good right. supports. You know.
1: Well, mom, thank you so much for agreeing to talk with me. Um, it definitely wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. I think that
0: you know, always you made know why bigger, but we've had this conversation before. Yeah. So it's not that hard this time, and we've grown. Yeah. You know, you saved me. So, but what did I do? It came in complete circle. Mm-hmm. I saved a baby on my birthday.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so you saved my life. I saved the baby's life.
1: And thus is the circle of life. Beautiful. Well, guys, thanks for joining us on another episode. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. And uh, see you soon. Bye.